Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Good afternoon. Oh, I'm wrecking the place. Let me get sorted. Yes, it is um, a good afternoon indeed. And I don't know about you, but I feel like, I almost feel like we could just be still right now and continue to just feast and soak in the presence of God. Um, as in the presence of the majesty, well, that's a good place to be, and it's a good place to be empty-handed, as the line of that song that just really hit me in my heart this morning was that, whoa, when we feel empty, where else would you rather be? And this morning, we are going to be digging in a little bit to what it is to persevere. And often, the threshold for persevering is actually the threshold where we feel like we could just quit, tap out, be done. But actually, that's where God, in his majesty, invites us in to his grace, his perseverance living in us. So, whoa, isn't it just amazing to be in his presence this morning? Get it together. (laughs) Why don't we begin with some scripture? We're going to do things a little bit um, differently this morning. And um, rather than me unpack this scripture, we're just going to and start our morning with it or afternoon with it. And then we're going to go into some life and stories and examples of what it actually looks like to persevere and to stay the course. But join me first as we turn to 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 2 to 12. And in your black Bibles, it should be page 823. Let's go for it. Come, Lord Jesus. Well, actually, you're already here, so we thank you. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials that you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among those who have believed. And this includes you because you believed our testimony to you. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that in the name of the Lord Jesus, we may be glorified and he may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
If you have journeyed with us um, over the last few months, um, we have been, um, we've had the joy of going on this series called Walking with God. And I don't know about you, but I have found it an absolute treat. But newsflash this morning as we come to a close is that the journey has just begun. You see, just like we mentioned about perseverance, that journey of walking with God, well, actually, it's a journey that God calls us to keep walking with him. We've nailed a few things or we've, we've like pointed out a few markers along that journey and that is one, getting it right, that that's a continual process in our persevering faith, that we continue to get right with God. We be still and we remember who he is. We worship him. We send our petitions towards him. We listen to him. We intercede. We take part in spiritual warfare as we acknowledge that, yes, we are in a battle. And, yes, we walk in freedom. You see, this is a continual walk with God. And I would love to just encourage you that wherever you are at in that journey of walking, talking with God, that today our encouragement to you is simply keep walking. Keep walking with God's. And in the picture of walking, that is one step at a time. So if you're not at the destination that you thought you would be at this stage in your life, if you're not where you'd hoped to be, if you're disappointed, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well, just keep walking. You see, today we're going to talk about staying the course, and staying the course means to pursue a goal regardless of obstacles or criticism. We're going to um, talk about what it looks like to get real with God, to get real with each other, and also to be real with ourselves on where we're at in the journey, or maybe as well where we're not at in that journey and that's okay. You see, staying the course um, is as much about a mindset we have off the battlefield as it is that we have in the battlefield. And Andy spoke on spiritual warfare two weeks ago, and I really encourage you, if you're struggling right now, or if you're wondering, how do I keep going? Well, listen back to two weeks ago. You see, staying the course is also an act of the prophetic is we prophetically declare that our love and faith is committed to God's course. And staying the course often, always, demands our surrender of our course, that our course will align with his. And God calls us to a course, and that's what's fun, and that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to unpack some of how God has taken each of us on a different course, but yet it is a course where we journey in pursuit of him, where we have surrendered our illusion that we have life sorted, that we are in control, or that we can keep going on our own strength or our own emptied out tanks. It's also a surrender of sometimes the lies that we believe about God, of who he is, or actually that he is not enough. And today we're going to look at actually what it costs to even just surrender those lies, because I believe that if we are courageous enough to even surrender the lies that we believe about God, well, actually God takes us to a new height in him when we do that. So I invite you this morning to be empty-handed in the presence of God. That yes, we're going to talk, and in a minute I'm going to invite some people up to join me. Um, but you remain tuned in to what it is that God is saying to you. There might be parts of these stories that, that feel like that you can connect with. There might be others that you're like, oh, well, that's not my story. But no doubt there will be truth in it. 
there will be gold in it that God just wants you to sit with this morning. So I invite you into a life of prayer this morning where you just talk and walk with God even as we talk and walk with him up here. So you're released to just be in his presence. So on that note, I would love to welcome my friends to the stage. And that is Charlotte, John, and Andy. And together with different life stages and perspectives, we're going to look at what does it look like? What does it play out like? And what does it pray out like to stay the course? So come, guys. Let's give them a clap. <laughs> awesome. Great, guys. Make yourself at home. If you were in my house, you'd be on these same stools. So, um, so yes, um, thank you so much for joining me. And this is their second time round this morning, so we really appreciate that, guys. Um, to kick off, um, I've introduced them by name, but some of you will know um, these lovely people, some of you won't. So we're going to um, go really quick at this. We, we call it like the elevator speech of, who are you? Um, and there's only six floors to this building. So Andy, <laughs> why don't you start? Uh, good afternoon. Um, yeah, I don't know what, really what to say. I'm married to Dana, I have three kids. We live in the Dramar Hills. And I feel slightly too old to be wearing a hoodie. You're rocking it. If we're going with clothing, I wish I hadn't worn a skirt today. Like trousers, a stool. Um, my name's Charlotte. I am married to Rob. I have four children. And I shared this in the first service, so I just thought it was a fun fact that I remembered. Lisburn has always kind of been a hub to my life. And on my wedding day, my dad got a friend of his to sing me into my wedding venue with I'll Tell Me Ma, and instead of I was the belle of Belfast City, I was the belle of Lisburn City, at least for that day, and in my dad's eyes. So that's my claim to fame. Awesome. So my name is John Haw. I'm originally from Dublin. I'm married to Leslie. Uh, we have two children, Zara and Elliot, 20 and 19, and we're living in Dromore. So I'm up here 22 years now. Still Brilliant. a blow-in. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, as we um, chatted in the last couple of weeks, what really became clear of staying the course, persevering in faith, well, it really takes commitment, but first and foremost, it has to be grounded in something, and um, it really begins with intimacy with God. So, Charlotte, you're a wife, you're a mum of four, an entrepreneur, Lots more. How did intimacy with God begin and how does that continue? Okay, so I'm in my mid-30s and about 20 years ago um, I was invited along to um, Clinia BYF, which is the youth fellowship of Clinia Parish, not Young Farmers. I am not... Just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, it's happened recently. Someone thought I was into Young Farmers. No, and actually the hilarity is those fantastic group of people and I can see some of them dotted around the room um, dear friends Darren and Emma who would have led that up even at that time um, uh, are, there was lots of tractor loving people in that group um, but uh, it was a really safe space for me to um, explore and to grow in faith um, and the reason that I was probably there, I don't think I'd have said yes to going along with my friend, was that at that time, or just before that, when I was 12, my eldest brother had been killed in a car crash. And so my life was turned upside down, just utter despair. And at that age, when not quite a child anymore, but not quite a woman um, yet either, I was just on a big quest to work out what it was all about and um, to find some hope. And I definitely find it there. Um, and yeah, in terms of how that remains, um, I suppose the, the colossal change in my inner self was just night and day. Um, not always in my outer self, um, because you journey through your teenage years and all the years after. Um, but definitely in my inner self, I was forever changed from that time. Um, and that's my kind of journey with intimacy. Awesome. John, um, 
You've had your share of persevering through tough stuff. And yet you keep persevering towards God and not away from him. How have challenges affected intimacy? Okay, so um, <clears throat> there's been a number of challenges in, in our life as a family um, through business, uh, but most of all with regards to health. Um, July 2019, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, cancer of the lymph nodes, and uh, that certainly turned our world upside down. And I want to be sensitive to people in this room who are at the early stages of that, who have, you know, are in the middle of it and who have lost people to that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's an awful thing, but this is sort of my experience with God. And I just want to share that and hope people are blessed by it. Um, so, so when that happens, you know, your, your, your whole world has changed because you have an idea of how your life is going to turn out or you have your every day. And all of a sudden, you know, you don't feel well. You go to the doctor. There's the time of waiting on tests and results and what that brings. And then you get that news. And uh, that's, that's a hard one to process uh, because you suddenly realize that this is something that could take you out of the game. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't suit. It doesn't work. And you've no control over that. Um, so that's when you really, really uh, absolutely need God uh, because to try and journey that on your own or without faith is, is, is impossible, I would imagine. You know? yeah. So for me, God was with us and still is with us in that journey very much. Thanks for sharing that. Andy, um, you'll often talk about um, that it is out of intimacy and that, that we ground our identity in Jesus and then it's our mission and purpose flow from that. Um, how do you keep that intimacy, that core identity alive, whether it's in bad times or even in, in, in good, good seasons? Um, how do you keep it alive? I think one of the things I've said to you all many times is that God has designed us to be dependent upon him. Mm -hmm. And um, faith grows really stale and really stagnant particularly in cultures like ours where the illusion of self-sufficiency can creep in. It's just an illusion. As Charlotte and John have, have said, things can change uh, very, very quickly. And I think what was really interesting about COVID was we all felt like we didn't have any control anymore, which made me smile because we don't have any control anyway. Um, but I, I think Whenever we discover a, a way of life that is dependent upon God, and for us, typically in these types of cultures, outside of crises, we've got to make some very intentional decisions to order our lives that way. Um, I've had the privilege of traveling to um, certain parts of Africa and um, worked in inner city uh, Los Angeles where um, dependence on God for just food is uh, is a reality. And what's really interesting about those environments and atmospheres is they're pregnant with faith and funny enough joy. Mm. And that's, you know, all we really need to discover about what actually happens when our lives are dependent upon God is He becomes real. Mm. And His goodness is a lived experience. And I think that changes everything that whenever we discover through not kind of a belief or an intellectual ascent, but through a lived experience that in the midst of hardship and in the midst of difficulty, that God is good, mm. um, it, it, changes, it changes everything in our lives. Definitely, yeah. And how, um, how even that lived experience, that walking with God, Charlotte, how that changes even how you do everyday life as a mom, but also in business. How, um, how has that walking, talking relationship with God transformed your perspective on your mission and purpose in terms of a business world? Um, yeah, I suppose for me, I spend about 60% of my time fully focused on the kids and then about 40% that can change. But um, helping Rob with our business and that's a very missional pursuit and the reason that it feels very missional all the time is it feels close to impossible um, and yeah. you know like I, 
I was trying to put stats to it, but it feels about 80, 98% impossible. Um, so anytime anything actually works or moves forward, <laughs> it's God. Um, you know, it's not really me or the team or any bright ideas we've had. Uh, and um, yeah, I think this morning it, it came to me in the in the first service when we were worshiping and the same song in the second service. I just I couldn't remember the line um, whenever we were interviewing the last time, but it's the empty, empty-handed, but alive in your hands. It's, um, you know, on our knees constantly, um, and that's very much the same for motherhood. Um, on a daily basis, uh, just with no real answers and uh, just one step in front of the other all the time. Um, that's probably the best way I can describe it. Uh, wow. I wish it was easier than that, but... <laughs> yeah, no, that's brilliant. Great. And John, um, for you, whenever we met, you really talked about this whole, like, living on purpose for God and... You mentioned this, um, like the tension between the desire to control God and yet the requirement to surrender to God in order to continue walking with God. Do you want to unpack that a little bit more for us? Yeah, so, so I mean, I mean like, let's take, take business, for example, or, or even a career or, or uh, that type of thing where you, you, you want God, we expect God to act or move on our behalf, and he doesn't always do that. And we can get very frustrated and annoyed with God. Um, and I think we have to, in that process, remove ourselves and, and, and seek what God is trying to do in us and through us and show us and what he has for us. And I think what God has for us is, is far better than what we can know or imagine. And that doesn't always make sense at that particular time. It, 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 it can be, you know, um, it can be, you can find yourself in places where you're distraught, particularly mm -hmm. around health. And I think you have to trust God in the process. You have to let go and allow God to show you what he wants to do in you and through you. And uh, as I said earlier in the first service, it's only when we look back that things make sense. We kind of go, gosh, if I had done this or if I'd have gone that way, it probably wouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. um, and God's very, very patient, very gracious and very loving towards us, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Like even when you say about... Um those feelings of just being distraught, I guess, often we'll find along the journey that we just become disappointed, even in our walking with God. And the beautiful thing happened um, last week, and I bumped into one of our parents of um, our big party aged um, group of kids, and they'd taken their daughter out for a, a daddy-daughter date for coffee after church. And he asked, um, he told me that he asked his little girl, um, what they learnt um, in Big Party. And, and he jokingly kind of said that he expected it to be like, oh, I love Jesus. Um, you know, Jesus is the right answer, and that's true. But um, he said he was shocked whenever his little girl began to unpack actually what it meant to journey disappointment with Jesus. And she said, Daddy, God doesn't always answer our prayers with a yes. Sometimes... We will feel disappointed. But you know what, Dad? Jesus still loves me. And that that's okay. And the dad was overwhelmed because it is that true. But disappointment, it's real. And disappointment requires of us to walk through it and to journey it with Jesus. Andy, when have you experienced disappointment, that feeling of wanting to quit, and what have you done about it? Um, <laughs> uh, like, honestly, like, um, I, like, I have ridiculously high expectations, um, because, like, I feel like I have some idea of who God is and what he's capable of. So, like, I, I experience, I'm not joking, I experience disappointment almost on a daily basis. Um, because I have a discipline of praying for impossible things and then ordering my life around trying to see those things come alive. Uh, there's just about 
uh, I, whenever I do things at a kind of non-local scale, so whether that's regionally or nationally, usually I get handed the microphone when it comes time to lead offerings. And as in money talks, you know, and churches typically aren't, you know, rooms like this aren't great places to talk about money. And um, one of the things that's really interesting is uh, whenever we were down at Nua, I think the offering ended up being something like £8,000 or something like that. And um, that's really good, right? Uh, I was so disappointed. Uh, <laughs> Get giving, guys. Uh, and everybody, everybody else in the team was like, that's an, ama- that's an amazing amount of money. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Like, even whenever we did, like, the, the gift day, some of you were there, and we did the gift day for this building, and we, we give the church two weeks' notice to raise £75,000. And I had been, as a matter of discipline, for the two weeks leading up from the Sunday, we said, we need £75,000. Go home and ask Jesus what you should give. We're going to meet back here in two weeks. For two weeks, every night, I parked in that car park, and I prayed for 150000 just discipline. It's my discipline is God says he will do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. So I never want the limiting factor on my prayers to be the amount of power that I am making myself available to, right? So it's just my discipline. So I was parking out there for two weeks praying for 150000 On the Sunday, we gathered to do the gift day uh, the morning of, we'd asked for 75. Um, I was expecting less than 40, if I'm honest. The morning we did it, it was the least attended Sunday in the previous six months. That was great for my sense of expectation. And Emma Wilson did the count, and I was brushing up the little gym in Palm Park Primary School, like wanting to run away and yet wanting to also run into the room. Emma was counting, she's like, how much, how, what is it? And she handed me a note on the Sunday morning that said 74,695. And by the end of the day, it was 104,000 pounds. Now, this is where I have to say, maybe I'm a terrible Christian. Part of me went, I was praying for 150. (laughs) Now, here's what's interesting, is six months later, a few other things had happened, and Mark Wilkinson got up to talk about that experience and he said at that point, the total had come to 154,500 pounds. And I know, well, I would be excited about that. All the rest of you are like, yeah, just normal. One person there is clapping, thinking that was good. Um, so the reason I'm telling you that is whenever on that Sunday, and even whenever it got to 104, there was still a part of me going, God, you can do anything. And I was asking for 150, and I might as well have been praying for the moon out there. And here's my point about how do you deal with disappointment. Mm. Small holds become strongholds. Mm. Small holds in our lives become strongholds in our lives. And whenever we feel disappointed, whenever we feel bitter, whenever we feel angry, whenever we feel whatever negative emotions that we feel, whenever we allow those small holds to kind of fester and build in our lives, they become strongholds. And one of the things that's really interesting is I experience disappointment on an almost daily basis, and yet my expectation for God to do impossible things through my lives, life has never been greater. Why? Because I never allow the small hold of disappointment to become a stronghold of disappointment. Mm. It fuels engagement with God. It fuels questions with God. It fuels more kind of, okay, that didn't work. What about this thing? Or, okay, right, that didn't happen. What are we doing next, Lord? Why did it happen that way? And so, um, yeah, I don't want to give you a sermon, so I'll shut up. Awesome. Preach away. Um, Charlotte, do you want to actually bounce off that? Because I think you could say something in regards to how, yes, how you have remained um, in your mission and purpose, particularly in business, whenever there has been disappointment that could even cause you to then be disappointed at God, with Him, but actually how you have allowed that to actually lead to new things. Um, Yeah, I think that I could look back, or I have been recently, looking back over like the last three or four years, and there's been, it's been life in all its fullness. There has been, Mm. there's been a lot. Um, The twins arrived, and that's the sweetest joy, and it's really tough. Um, A door was closed with um, 
a business that we'd been part of for a long time that was really, really tough. And um, off the back of that, this new challenge of um, a new venture that kind of we were wholeheartedly going for. Um, and then lockdowns and home skills. And at the end of last year, um, we unfortunately said goodbye to Rob's dad. Um, it has been full on. Um, mm. But I suppose, in some ways, there was never much time to get too disappointed or um, too stuck in the, in the toughness of it. I suppose a belief in my heart that, um, in our hearts, because I speak on Rob's behalf, with all of that, that it was temporary, the tough is temporary. Mm. Um, whenever you are looking ahead to the glory of what's to come, the tough is very temporary, and the understanding that um, Actually, a bit like what Andy was saying, that um, well, it, a couple of weeks ago in your in your talk about um, spiritual warfare, if if it's tough, you're probably on the right path. Um, that's a huge reassurance, actually. Um, and like I was talking about earlier, that any any gain, any ground that's gained. Um, you don't have to look too far up the way to see um, why that's happened. Um, and that, that spurs you on. There's been so many times, so many times when I've been a snotty mess with my husband or with a good friend. And um, the next day, there'll just be a little nugget of something. And I would, I would say it's from heaven. Um, that just spurs me on. Um, it can be like a little worldly gain, you know, in terms of there's a little bit of success in something that we're trying, or it can be, you know, a friend that encourages you in the way that you need to be encouraged, or your child um, in their innocent way of just, um, yeah, God speaking yeah. to you through them. So I suppose the fact that the, the tough is usually temporary, and the, the joy and the goodness is sustains you. Yeah. I feel like disappointment, It so often it just like, demands of us our dependence to be realigned to actually being on on God um, John whenever life's throwing things at you and it's been disappointing how do you have hope whenever you're disappointed as I feel like hope is probably an antidote that we can carry I think, I think for me and, and for our family it's 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 more of a of a process um, because I think, you, you know, if you try and do this in your own strength, you're going to fail. And I really want to say to anybody here who's in the middle of a trial, if you haven't asked Jesus into your life at this stage, maybe he's prompting you to make that move and show him how, you know, your journey could work out for you by, by just inviting him into that space, that part of your life so that he can show you what he can do. And he, he's done that with us so gently and so beautifully. You know, we always resist and we always push and we always try and reason and, and, and work things out in our own strength. And, and you know, we get angry and we, we, we don't understand, but we have to trust that God's in control. And, and it's not about us, it's about him. And it's about what he wants to do in us and through us in that trial. Mm -hmm. There's work for us to do. And, and if we just, you know, go into ourselves and, and worry about ourselves, we're missing those people around us who need what we have or who are going through the same trial we're going through, and we're only thinking about us. We need to see the people around us. We need to see what God's doing. We're here for his glory. And uh, his word is ultimate, what he says, his call. It's, it's, it's trusting him and giving it to him. And that's not easy. And that can be disappointing. And he doesn't always answer prayers. But keep pressing in because we're investing in heaven. Wow. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Um, Charlotte, as we... Um, talk about perseverance um, one of the things that I really I picked up from you in your story was just how community has played a big part in terms of your and Rob's commitment um, to community in community but how has community even as church how has that helped you to continue walking with God yeah, I think um, community has always been really important to us, but in the last few years, even more so. Um, and in the last few years, it's been harder than ever to do that. Um, so, yes, you could think of 
here on a Sunday morning and believe me there was a big sigh of relief a few months ago when we could come here on a Sunday morning and all our kids could be so well looked after and ministered to in their wee rooms and we could sit and listen but leading up to that and the hodgepodge of the last few years for all of us um, you know the fact that that little bit was missing um, that's only the tip of the iceberg you know um, for me, church and community and what we've needed and what we've really tried hard to fight for has been family walks um, with friends. It's been, you know, I've needed to go out for a run to clear my head and it was the only way to see people. So you go out for a run with a friend. Um, yeah, I suppose there's different ways that we've tried to do it, um, but the heart behind it has been and continues to be um, showing up with people that you trust um, and being real with them. This is really tough, but then also trying to see what's going on with them and how you could potentially bless um, um, for them or for people you don't know yet in this lovely space. So, yeah, just that realizing that's a big part of gratitude for me is realizing that, um, you know, the story doesn't stop with you. You're just one character in the big play of life. Um, and if you're gonna go too inward, it's gonna get a bit toxic. Um, and that has happened before. Um, and that's something that I try hard not to do. Um, and you, there's a good antidote to that is when you are looking outwards and trying to see what's going on with other people. Um, to me, that's church. Amazing, wow. Perseverance, it ha we have to really make, I guess, it clear that it is different than doing it in our own strength and just that like soldier on mentality. And do you want to unpack that and how that even looks in your life, the difference between just grit your teeth, muscle down, get on with it, to actually persevere, but persevere with Jesus? Well, I, I suppose the question comes like what are you per persevering for mm. or what are you persevering towards because um life can throw enough kind of challenges at us that the um the misconception can be that what we're talking about is just persevering through life life has challenges family has challenges you know we're living through you know just a, the last sort of 14 years feel like it's just been one catastrophic cultural challenge after another. And so the mistake we could make maybe is that we're talking about just getting through that, uh, which is not what we're talking about at all. It's persevering through the trials and the opposition of what happens whenever you actually try to order your life around demonstrating the reality of God's goodness in your everyday ordinary life. Uh, that, so whenever I think about perseverance, that's what I'm thinking about is persevering through, you know, the challenge of family and small kids and, you know, um, all of that sort of stuff and Dana's career and wider family health issues and personal health issues and all of that sort of stuff, whilst at the same time trying to be an example of a good and beautiful life flourishing in the presence of Jesus and, you know, I, I find, find this really hilarious that, like, my job is what it is. And, you know, there's plenty of days I wake up. There's plenty of Sundays I walk in here. And emotionally, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like this is the, like, God is good and I'm really happy to be here kind of thing. So, so when we're talking about perseverance, it's, that's what I'm talking about, is how do we persevere through the harder moments of life and still inhabit the plans and purposes of God to demonstrate the reality that He is alive, that He is good, and He is available to everybody. And so for me, how that works is I need to have some really specific things that I am reaching for with God. Like, it's, it's not really good enough to just be the, like, be Jesus to the world. Like, okay, but I need something a bit more simple and a bit more practical. And so you guys will have heard me talk before, if you've been here any length of time, about impossibility goals. And I love that Charlotte and Rob are like 98% of our lives and our work and what we're trying to do are impossible. That should be normal for a follower of Jesus. That the things that we're trying to do, the things that we have prioritized in our life, the things that we are ordering our life around are actually impossible. And 
before you jump to that means we should all have a like change the world mission, for some of you that might be as simple as um, opening your life to a work colleague about the reality of Jesus in your life. For some of you right now, you're thinking that's impossible. Like I, I just can't imagine a scenario in work where somebody would ask a question or it would be appropriate or there would be a moment of openness for me to actually say, do you know actually how I do this is because Jesus is alive and he's real in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important. And so, so for me, impossibility goals are really, really important. What in my day, week, month, year is impossible to do that I feel like God's asking me to do and how am I moving towards that? That's what fuels perseverance for me because until that's done, that's what I'm doing, regardless of how I feel. It's not a, I feel like, I feel like following Jesus today, so I'm going to do that. It's just 18 odd years later. It's a way of life. It's just how I do life. God, what are we doing this week? Right, let's, let's, let's do that. And I think that's where we get out of the, it's just our own health, energy, and mood is what it's dependent mm. upon. Like for, for me, that's, I'm, I'm done if that's what I'm dependent on because my mood swings, my health's up and down, and depending on the week I've had, I've got more or less energy. Mm. And so if I'm dependent on those things, I'm doomed. If I'm actually focused on what I'm trying to do with God, then whatever comes, I'm just trying to work through that problem and then on to the next set of problems. And that's what perseverance is as we exercise those muscles on a 24-hour basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and on a yearly basis is that we're just working through that repeatedly over and over and over. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, impossibility goals, um, they really require of us um, intimacy with God, but also to really, they bring up some disappointment along the way that um, is worth addressing. So um, definitely recommend those. Um, John, as we um, wrap up, Andy's mentioned impossibility goals, but persevering, in faith, persevering towards Jesus, with Jesus, it doesn't come naturally. And um, it requires of us, even in the good seasons of life, to prepare ourselves in that intimacy with Jesus so that when we do face things that are disappointing, we face challenges, and we don't know what on earth is going on, or um, it requires us in those good seasons to actually have done some work in our soil, so to speak, to, to take us through. What are some of the rhythms, the ways that you guys have found that, like, what am I trying to say? That, yeah, the one thing that keeps you going, the one thing that fuels it, the, there's more than one thing, but what fuels it? Um, I think, as said in the earlier service, um, for me, it's trust. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that, that move of, of, you know, moving towards obedience towards God, you know. And, and so often it's sort of on the back of what Andy's saying there is if we try and put our angle on it and reason it out ourselves, even when it comes to, you know, moving in obedience towards something God's calling us to do, we kind of can very easily talk ourselves out of it if we listen to ourselves. But if we listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to God, he can then show us what's next. Mm-hmm. And, and perseverance for, for me is about just letting go. You know, you cannot work out what's mm-hmm. going to happen tomorrow, next week, or next year. You have to live in the now. Mm-hmm. And what's going on the na- and the now is, is so important to, to be aware of. And you can become distracted from that by just focusing on the negative and, you know, the what-ifs and the, the disappointments. But I think if you just take time out, spend time in the Word and pray, mm-hmm. you'll hear God's voice clearly. And sometimes you don't, but that's okay. Awesome. So like the word prayer, you mentioned Charlotte, community, Andy, you mentioned impossibility goals. I hope what we've shared in this like brief time together, guys, I hope that you can actually begin to like look back and just see even the layers that are all maybe little things in themselves, but these layers build on each other. And we see a picture of what it is to keep walking with God and that every story is slightly different. And we are so aware that each of you represent a very unique story. But again, our challenge, our encouragement to you is keep walking with God 
And as John mentioned as well, if you're not walking with God, if you're walking on your own, well, whoa, doesn't God want to walk with you? And I think he would love for you to hear him say that. I want to walk with you. And that's how you keep walking. That's how you keep standing in the chaos of the world around us, the chaos in here sometimes that actually it requires God for us to keep standing and to keep walking. As we close this morning, why don't um, we just close our eyes and just posture yourselves to receive from God as we just invite the Holy Spirit to come. And faithful followers of Jesus, John, Charlotte, Andy, together we're just gonna listen Mm. on what the Holy Spirit would have us say, pray, And I just invite you to just pray for our church family as we wait. Um, So yeah, just grab a mic um, as you feel it. Go for it. Just at the end of worship, um, Jamie Hawthorne came up and said he just felt really strongly that um, something God was saying to us was um, as a community, but also for some really specific individuals here, that the word was, I've seen you in the desert, but I'm leading you into the promised land. And as I was talking about disappointment there, I just felt like actually there's some of you know that disappointment has become a stronghold in your life, that it is no longer a small hold, it's actually a stronghold. And one of the ways to to break the power of a stronghold in our lives is just to bring it to God mm-hmm. in humility and confession and in repentance to just bring it before God. Um, I do this often. It's probably why it doesn't become a stronghold for me, but um, it's a really simple discipline. I'd love to just lead us in this and then uh, John and Charlotte are going to pray for us. But... Um, just with our hands open, Father God, who loves us more than we could ever comprehend, we bring our disappointments before you. We bring the parts of our hearts that are broken. We bring the parts of us that don't want to be before you, before you. And Father, we offer you our disappointment as an act of worship. We offer you unanswered prayers as an act of worship. We offer you unmet expectations as an act of worship. We offer you unanswered questions as an act of worship. And King Jesus, we declare that in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of doubt, in the midst of unfinished and unanswered, you are still good and you are still God. Have our disappointment in this moment because it's all we have. And we offer it to you. I pray, Father, for all of us, um, for the strength to be real with our hearts, with our dreams, with our childhood dreams. And Lord, to face that disappointment where things have not turned out as we would have hoped, to lay that down at your feet and ask for a new kingdom dream for each of our lives. Thank you.
thank you, Father, that you are the giver of good gifts, that you love to see dreams come true, that you are the God of the impossible, and you are our Father. What father does not want to give their child good gifts? Thank you, Lord. Lord, I ask that we would become longer-term thinkers, Lord, that... um, that we would realize that the tough is temporary, Lord, and that doesn't need to always mean that we make U-turns or changes, Lord, just because we face resistance. We're meant to face resistance, Lord, and we're meant to push through it with your strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence here this morning for what you're doing in the hearts of each person here, Lord, and those listening in. Father, we speak to grandparents and parents, children, businessmen, people with illnesses, and we say to you, let God show you how to journey through this. Father, we thank you for what you've done And remind us of your goodness in the past in our lives, Father. And know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Lord, we ask you into our today. And we hand our tomorrows to you, Lord. And, Father, I pray for anyone here today who has just not made that decision yet. Lord, will you you give them the courage? We, We break anything that the enemy would put in their way to stop them making that decision today, Lord. Let this be the turnaround for them and each one of us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Yeah, Daniel um, 10, 17 to 19 um, writes, My strength is gone, Daniel said, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. So God, we thank you that that is the same word that you speak to us today. Peace, be strong now, be strong. But God, we thank you for the power in your word that when you speak, we are strengthened. So God, I pray that as we move from walking with God to keep walking with God, as we welcome those joining the journey with us as well, strengthen us. God, I speak to weariness and we just pray that it be lifted in the name of Jesus. God, I speak even in that verse in Daniel and it says, I can hardly breathe, God. We speak even really physically to um, symptoms of that restrict breathing, of breathlessness, Lord, of even like tight-chestedness. We speak to long COVID and anything like that that has actually come to bring about a sense of weariness, heaviness, or just that sense of I'm weak. I can't keep going. And we just break it in the name of Jesus because your name is powerful. So we receive your freedom. We receive your persistent faith in us because it is that, your persistence, that causes us to be able to stand and say, yes, God, together as community, together as your church, We're going to keep walking with you. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.